Welcome to WrestleBuddy's GameSpot's wrestling podcast about friendship, wrestling, and wrestling with friendship. I'm GameSpot News Entertainment Editor Matt Elfring, and with me, as always, is my closest WrestleBuddy, GameSpot Entertainment Editor Chris Hayner. Chris, how are you? Matt, I am fantastic, and I'll tell you why. I'm fantastic because I'm not the only other person here to listen to you talk about RoboCop today. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't got another ghost on the show, do we? Are there ghosts again? No, there are not. I don't. How many times can I tell you this is a haunted podcast? We don't study the paranormal. We aren't featured on the Travel Channel. It's none of that. No. Okay. Today we have a real life guest, not like Greg a couple weeks ago, who's definitely a ghost. Today yeah, I told we are you, there's ghosts on the show. Not today, because today we're joined by TV Guide editor Keisha Hatchett. How you doing, Keisha? Hello. Happy to be here. That sounded kind of happy, did it? Did that, did that sound genuine? Wait, 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 was that sincere? <laughs> that sounded genuine-ish. Uh, Keisha is actually, her being here is kind of perfect because she is an honorary wrestle buddy and has been for a very long time. And she was the person we wanted on our podcast from the jump, but she just got a microphone. Thank God. It, it, it took a little bit of a while. Uh, it, some of you who follow GameSpot's wrestling entertainment coverage or wrestling coverage on the website may remember Keisha from last year's WrestleMania review where we forced her in the giant press box to write with us for that show was 40 hours. I think we were about 13,000 feet above the ring. Yep. Staring was down by myself because WWE <laughs> placed us in different sections. Yeah. You were far, far away while we were next to the, we love wrestling podcast long before we had a podcast of our own. How was it cold over there? Keisha, what was the weather like? All I was, the way over. <laughs> I felt like a poor or I mean, I was just a little child alone, scared by myself. I mean, the people that were supposed to sit next to me weren't there. So I was literally by myself. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, we should have just come and sat with you. <laughs> yeah. Were you like you were uh, totally abandoned? I was like next to like maybe ESPN Espanol because um, like one of the guys showed up super late. But for the most part, I was just hanging out by myself and talking to you guys on Slack. I mean, that sounds about right. And yeah. and partaking in some very, very good free catering. Oh, oh so much coffee. Yeah. Oh, my does. God. I I guzzle coffee at these things because this was also a show that went until one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's Chris. I know we have a jam packed episode today. It's, we certainly do. It's full of things that we're going to be talking about. Look, give us a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Well, we actually, we, I, we, we thank God you're here, Keisha, because there are certainly things we need your input on. First of all, we're going to be talking about our favorite wrestling weddings. We all have them. They're almost universally a disaster and they're just, they're perfect. Uh, we're also debuting a new segment, which is sort of Matt Elfring's uh, passion. In the podcast world, Uh, it is called Wrestle Peace Theater, where we will be Mm. dramatically reenacting a wrestling moment Uh, this week on Wrestle Peace Theater. We'll be reenacting the infamous and terrible uh, Scott Steiner math promo from uh, the TNA of old. This is like a 2008, I believe. We'll get into that later, though. Yes, we yes, we will. And there's also uh, maybe a couple of surprises along the way as we maybe or maybe not catch up with a certain vampire warrior wrestler we all know and love. But that's that's later. That's all later, because first we're going to talk about 
e-feds, something we're all passionate about. It is, <laughs> it is, and I believe you came up with this term, Matt, wrestling's less sexy fan fiction. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, take it away. Like, hit, stinger, hit it. Let's, I just, let's do it. E-federations, electronic federations were very much a thing in the late 90s when the internet was kind of starting to boom. It it was just wrestling where there were a bunch of different people writing up promos and matches, and then a commissioner would pick the matches and the promos to put on each show, and you get wins and losses based on your writing ability. Mm-hmm. They were everywhere, but it is something I feel like all of us fans and all of us that did e-feds back in that day kind of buried in our in the back of our mind, either because of shame, me, yeah. or because we simply forgot about it. Keisha, you have lots of experience with e-feds, don't you? Yes. I actually started in, what, 99-ish? I was nine years old when I started <laughs> role-playing for oh, cool. e-feds. I was getting ready to graduate high school. Same. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so bad. This just feels bad for me now because it's like, oh, nine-year-old Keisha doing efits. That's cute. This freaks 17 and 18-year-old Matt and Chris. Gross. This, this freaks me out because, like, what if I was telling some child the internet? You can't swear on the show. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm going to bleep that now. That's okay. No, but it's... When you when I found out that both the both of you also did this, I was shocked at first, and then I was like, "Oh wait, we all went on to come to like not only write but write about wrestling in the entertainment industry." So maybe it makes a little bit more sense than I thought. Keisha, now you you wrote for an EFED. Did you run an EFED? Um, I ran the women's division in uh, an old Fed called the WME. I was the GM. <laughs> what does WME stand for? I'd like to know. Um, it's been a hot minute, but I think it was WrestleMania Entertainment. <laughs> Perfect. 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 I thought it was we that need file. To name our E-fed. <laughs> I thought it was the file extension from old Windows Media Files. <laughs> it is also that. Yeah. Let me open my my WinZip player or whatever. <laughs> Winamp. Wrestle, Winamp. WrestleMania Entertainment is perfect. It's so perfect. It encapsulates the 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 dynamic of a real fed because there are two different categories you had the fake fed mm-hmm. where there were all fictional characters like mm-hmm. original characters and then you had the real feds um and that's just not that's just the name for using real characters that already exist and <sighs> i participated in the real feds <laughs> What what drew you to getting into? I th- I feel like I'm interviewing you as though you're like an expert in efeds, which none of us are experts. But like, uh, oh, honey, I'm disagree. I was in like ten efeds. Um, I am also an expert. I helped run one. So like, I, I also interface. ran one. Yeah. So like, I wrote match expert. segments, guys, and and determined winners. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, actually, my first first efed was a fake fed, and that was as Sapphire, who used the image of Lita. Um, nice. Wait, no, 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 it wasn't Lita. It was oh god, it because I've used her multiple times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, she was the Sapphire was one of the earlier characters, um, and I remember she was in a relationship with another character called Romeo and it was using and the guy who was Romeo was using Rey Mysterio's image, but before he wore the mask. Oh, Oh, WCW, uh, late WCW Mysterio. Yes. Filthy animals, Rey. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So. <laughs> so he looked like a weird eight-year-old. <laughs> the most tell- baby-faced wrestler of all time. For real. Like, it's it, seeing Rey Mysterio unmasked in WCW is bananas because it looks like a child is running around. A child with a bunch of tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a really hardcore child. <laughs> the most hardcore ch- of childs, Rey Mysterio <laughs> Jr. Oh, that's fantastic. Chris, what was your experience with eFeds that you remember? Okay, so I I didn't have multiple feds, but I did have two runs in the same fed. It was NAOW, uh, the New Age Outsiders Wrestling, which wow, I, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me at the time. It was a mixture of the Outsiders and the New Age Outlaws, <laughs> like duh. But it was an it was an all original uh, fed where it was all original characters, and it had two divisions. It had Weirdly enough, I feel like we invented NXT because it had the main NAW roster, but then it also had its development roster for people who were new to eFeds, which I oh, was cool. at the time, called the Foundry. Oh, and that's it, awesome. And, and the Foundry had its own. It, obviously, a lot of the, all these promos were done on like a message board and it had its own shows that like this is this federation. I don't know about your guys, but this one like the matches were simulated through a program called TNM seven, I think. And then the writers of the show would go in and add like commentary and scenes to the, like the very like robotic sort of break match breakdowns. Mm -hmm. And, and you would use, you would have to come up with stats and like, it was, it was way more involved than I ever expected it to be. And it kept, and by having, uh, sort of a program run the matches you like it didn't it wasn't really favoritism based it was based on the product um i i controlled one wrestler initially his name was just e because my middle name is evan so i'm chris e hayner so i just made a character named e and he was uh i used for a picture of him i used a picture of matt hardy and i uh, used uh microsoft paint to put an e on his chest in like <laughs> buffy the vampire slayer font because mm-hmm. I'm very cool. Uh, and then I took a break because I because school. And when I came back, they had another character named E Legal. And I was told you have to come back with a different name because we already have another E. And I'm like, what? I was first. So I became extreme E and I just started hitting people with chairs and stuff. And then NAOW went away for like a few years, I want to say, until I randomly got uh like a myspace message not even no it had to be it was before myspace it must have been like an email or it had to be email or uh like aol instant messenger message from the guy who ran it and he was like i think i'm gonna do this again do you want to do it too like do you want to help run it i was like okay and then i got put in charge of the foundry uh portion of it Mm -hmm. and i made my character e the general manager of the foundry portion because he was a retired wrestler. Now it had been years, you know, Mm -hmm. and I created a secondary character for the main roster named Johnny Knox, who, uh, he looked like Chris Jericho, but I, I, I had someone like give Chris Jericho short hair because he had long hair at the time. Yeah. And his finishing move was a video that one video of the pedigree where triple H lands the dude directly on top of his head. (laughs) yep like the horribly dangerous version of the pedigree yep 
And that was it was that that whole time was fun because I got to just be a character on one side. But then on the other side, I got to like I got to book matches. I got to write the shows. I got to like set like like be like you're fighting this person this week. Like I got to be the booker. And that was and I also got to write the color commentary into Mm -hmm. the show, which was by far my favorite part. I created my own color commentator characters and it was just so much fun. I was a part of, I don't remember that what the Federation was that I, when I first got into wrestling, I was, or E-Feds I was first a part of, but I, I did it for like six or seven months. I kept winning. Um, my, my character was, was punked out, which was essentially me, but buff, because uh, <laughs> I, I was oh, a, a punk rock kid back then mm-hmm. with a mohawk and everything. Uh, his finisher was, he put you up in the razor's edge to set up. Mm-hmm. And then he would do a sit down pile driver. Um, a similar oh, so move. Go ahead. I'm, I'm imagining this in my head. So he's got you up in like the crucifix power bomb position. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of launches you over his head and brings you down into a sit out pile driver. Yes. Ow. Yeah. And it's almost, it's very similar to like Rikishi's finisher, not stink face, obviously. Oh, Rikishi like that the, sit down the, pile oh, yeah. The, the, the Rikishi driver. Yeah. Uh, punked out's uh, tag team partner was Twist because I liked Corn, um, and that was a song by them. Uh, and it was just a like a I think it was a Hardy ripoff. It seems like it might have been a Hardy ripoff, but I'm not sure if the Hardys were around at that time. Keisha, did you like Corn? Oh, I loved Corn. I was obsessed with their issues, and this was like during my goth phase in high school where I wore all black. Oh, oh come um, on. And I would walk around with my my CD player, my Walkman, CD Walkman, because, you know, legit, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and listen to uh, Trash on Blast. <laughs> well, you guys, the 90s were something else. They were different. The 90s uh, and yes. the, uh, the early aughts. So yeah. the Federation I was a part of, like, they folded, but the guys that were, like, in there, the other wrestlers really wanted to keep doing E-Fed, so I started running one called CRE Wrestling, which stood for crippling wrestlers everywhere which is super dumb but it was also my band name at the time that i was in so I wait was just your, like, your band name was crippling wrestlers no everywhere? it wasn't it was cre and i don't remember what cre stood for crippling wrestlers everywhere probably crippling wrestlers everywhere it was just a, like a really dirty like gutter punk band uh so you know i'm all about branding apparently and uh yeah i ran shows i didn't i don't remember doing color commentary but i remember the matches were decided based on how much like effort you put into writing. Mm-hmm. So like the better writer is always going to win, which I don't think is incredibly fair, but that's how it went. <laughs> Y'all uh, needed the TNM seven Sim Booker thing. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, it's, it was great. I think, I feel like my experience is very different from your, both of yours. Um, just in the way that we ran things because like we didn't have a simulation. We um, operated with, you know, we determined who won by choosing the best role player and we wrote them out like legit wrote them out, had like a committee who decide who helped decide who won. So Whoa. it wasn't just one person, uh, um, which yeah, I think I w- kind of helped. What? Uh, yeah, I was running a show everything by myself, but I was I basically did it because I liked to do HTML coding. So, yep. I just Same. I wanted to make websites. And I mean, this was the easiest way to do it. I've tried to find the CRE Angel Fire website. It doesn't exist. So my old band's Angel Fire website still exists, but my eFed doesn't. And that upsets me because I don't want people to know about those bands, but I want people to know about my terrible, <laughs> embarrassing eFeds. 
Same. And I think e-fetting for me was special because it was an opportunity um, for me as a female fan to give the women that I saw on TV uh, a chance to be a character, to be in mm-hmm. storylines, because mm-hmm. that was a huge disparity at the time. So like um, we feel we, uh, when I would role play with these, I only role played against women for the longest time, like actual women role players who played Mm -hmm. women characters so within our division we would create we would take these characters on screen and we would turn them into actual defined characters and it was like a sisterhood so i played sable and made her the millennium i can't say this word (laughs) um and so she was a mega heel pamela poshock was an interviewer wcw and i turned her into this goofy character who had backstage segments and 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 her own tv show where she ranked the hottest um wrestlers at the time so it was just (laughs) getting super creative like i my favorite role play i wish it still exists is a four-part for a pay-per-view match where my character Sable gets um, slips and falls, hits her head, wakes up in this dream world where Triple H has kidnapped Kurt Angle and she doesn't know it yet. And so they're doing this whole mystery, trying to get to Triple H's headquarters and rescue their friend. Uh, so Holy cow. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the- amazing. Yeah, and then I wake up from that concussion, get to the ring, and hit up the promo of my life against Gorgeous George, of all people, Ooh. for the Women's Championship. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I'm jealous that you remember so much from, like, your e-fetting days, because I'm just like, my guy was punked out. He became a commissioner later. And that's, <laughs> like, that's all I remember. <laughs> so weirdly, that that just reminded me of my favorite promo situation like i'm wondering did you guys ever run this back where every whenever you'd write a promo against someone they'd be like oh yeah well i'm gonna one up you by doing this you're like oh yeah well i'm gonna go back at you by doing this yes yes yes, that was the beauty of it go ahead so this i when i first started in mine uh i was in the foundry because i was a new guy and i got added to the stable called the revolution that was led by a a character named ace Sorensen, and ace Sorensen's character was like he was a rich guy who like bought a gym that was just for the stable and blah 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 and blah 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 and eventually he kicked me out of the revolution <laughs> i got booted from the group and my retaliation was i trashed his gym like i i wrote out this super long role play of like like i i i legitimately i wrote i wrote in my but my actual real life friend like I've picked him up and we went to this gym and we trashed it. We broke the machines. We, we tagged the walls and broke windows and blah, blah, blah. And it went on for so long. And then he came back at me like on the web board, like hours later where it was like a, a, an interview promo where he's like, well, little does he know I signed over ownership of the gym to him six hours before he did that. (laughs) So what he was really doing was screwing up his own gym. And then my reply was like, Oh, cool. Because then I sold it. So I still made money. (laughs) (laughs) That's some pettiness, though. That's petty. (laughs) I loved it so much, though. Uh, This this brings up like so many like happy memories for me. Again, I don't have many specific memories, uh, sadly. Um, But like there's just this wonderful feel like I want I almost kind of want to if I wasn't a full time writer would want to do an EFED again. 
like as an adult, a person who like writes for a living, like if I could find a way to make a living doing efeds now in 2020. All I'm saying is if, the, if there are enough listeners out there who are into this, I am not opposed to creating the Wrestle Buddies E-Federation. Neither am I. I'm down. Like, okay. I just want to do, I just want to write dumb promos as a wrestler again. That was yeah. fun. It was, and that helped make me a better writer because I was going oh, yeah. up against people who are older and I wanted to win. So naturally my writing got better and better as I went on over the years. And uh, I would like to say that I am a 10 time women's champion. <laughs> nice. I, di- I did make it to NAOW champion. I was very proud of that. I don't think my character ever became a champion because I was running busy Federation. listening to corn. Uh, well, one guy was listening to corn. The other was listening to like, rancid or i don't know whatever <laughs> at the time <laughs> whatever like really obscure like dirty rancid's not a obscure punk band but whatever dirty obscure punk band i could at that time like ac or something mm. i can't say that band's name that's okay yeah <laughs> you don't want to listen to that band anyway no <laughs> it, good wow. time oh and fun fact i still keep in contact with one of my old efed buddies who is actually serious? a wrestler um and it's triple h no no he's not he's he's not in like the wwe he does the indie circuit but he's a legit wrestler and a fitness coach and he's just killing it and it's funny that's amazing (laughs) yeah um yeah a guy that was in Shawn michaels school while he was in our fed and then had to drop out because like he was doing a lot of indie shows i don't know who it was or who it is someone later on started the rumor on our site that it was Batista, but I do. I, there's no way in hell it was Batista. Batista didn't go to Shawn Michaels school. Did he? Exactly. I, I think he did. He, I'd have to look that up. Spanky did. Daniel Bryan did. It was definitely not Daniel Bryan. No, no. If you told me it was Spanky, like Brian Kendrick, I would be like, I see it. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Can we contact everyone that went to Shawn Michaels school and see who I was mean, in my Federation CRE? I mean, yeah. listen, as I've told you before, my goal is to have Kendrick on to talk about rest, his his promotion, wrestling, pro wrestling. We can ask him then, hey, uh, was anybody at the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy or Texas Wrestling Academy or whatever it was called into E-Feds, bro? Yeah. But no one talked about this growing. Like when we were well, all doing this, I didn't talk to anybody about this. This was like my yeah. secret because none of my friends liked wrestling. Yeah, there was a separate online community, but the WWE was aware because I remember specifically in almost every EFED, we had um, like hearing about how WWE sent cease and desist orders for certain feds um, for uh. using their image. So WWE, somebody there was aware at the time. And that's when you saw a bunch of EFEDs start shutting down. Yeah. In that That's short amount you, of time period. That is why you wisely did Pamela Paulshock, a WCW talent. Take that, <laughs> WWE. Yeah, who had a slutty sidekick named Tiffany Evans, um, played by Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> of course she did. Oh, are you talking about my neighbor, Jenny McCarthy? She does what? live like a mile and a half away from me, guys. No way. Oh, in Chicago? St. Charles, yeah. Yes, in Chicago. Her, her and Donnie Wahlberg. Let's go say hi and then show her the old role plays with Tiffany using her image. Let's do it. Knock, Um, knock. Rich part of my town that I never go to. Let's ask her about vaccinations. No, let's not. Brooklyn. I forgot to yell Brooklyn. (laughs) I forgot to yell Brooklyn at Keisha as a weird inside joke to annoy her. Oh, anyways, let's let's close up the E-Feds. Long story short, they're 
amazing. They were yeah. so much fun. Yes, I concur. What's less fun? No, I would say what's more fun is our next segment. Because we're going to talk about wrestling weddings. That was a terrible dun, intro. Dun, dun, I'm sorry. You should have played like some kind of wedding music after that. You're oh, asking no. me to do more work, Keyshawn. <laughs> I have to edit that in now. <laughs> also, fireworks. Oh, come on. Oh, man. Wouldn't it be great if we all sounded like chipmunks for the rest of the episode? Oh, man. I'm not doing pitch editing on everybody's voices. Please don't. Listen, enough of all this. Let's talk about the wrestling weddings because there are, I like, this is a subject I care deeply about. Um, I shouldn't because they're all bad, but I I can't help it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's let's talk about it, Chris. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know if we'd played the stinger or anything yet. Oh, I played it earlier. Oh, I was leaving. I was leaving it for you to take because you tend to take point on intro-y things. Okay, well, I'll just play it again right now. Pew. There, we played it twice. Oh, thanks, Matt. I'm glad you're here to help. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, okay, so anyone who's watched wrestling for any, uh, practically any amount of time has seen at least seven really bad wedding angles. They Hold on, happen. don't call them bad. Don't call them bad. They are beautiful moments where people that love each other get together and married and they spend their lives together. Do they? One of the of them. Which Matt, one? they're bad. Just just take the L. Stephanie and Triple H. Uh, they never had an on-screen. Well, they did. Yes, well, they, they did have an on-screen of- wedding. Okay. That's where we're going to start then because uh, I, yeah, first we got to oh, talk you mean about the worst one. Yeah, we got to start there because it's all it's it's not the worst. It's the worst one because it's horribly offensive and would never happen now. Yeah, um, it is peak, peak, peak late attitude era where they're just like, I don't know, do whatever, like something will happen. And uh, what what had happened was Stephanie McMahon, the daughter of Vince McMahon, the apple of his eye. This is before she was the billion dollar princess. She was just a seemingly really nice person. Mm-hmm. had fallen in love with a wrestler named test that uh that was about the peak of his career dating <laughs> stephanie mcmahon on screen good way to describe test he was right? a guy yeah he was a guy uh he later uh was in a tag team <laughs> That's all. like he was probably a multiple time hardcore he I, i'm willing to bet test was european champion at various probably points. i recently um, watched he was a former um european champion there you go. See, so he was dating Steph. He proposed. They were getting married. Uh, they're at the altar, which is, of course, in the middle of the ring live on Monday Night Raw mm-hmm. because wrestling. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Triple H walks out. Triple H at the time. Uh, this is before he was. This was the thing that propelled him to the main event, I would say. Right. I think so. I'm pretty sure this is the thing that like took him to that next level. He he had been uh, feuding off and on with Vince McMahon. He walks out while Vince is there watching his daughter get married and says, I'm sorry. I hate to interrupt, but I need to show you something. And what he showed was a video of himself marrying Stephanie McMahon while she's passed out in a car. 
at a drive through like wedding chapel in Las Vegas. Oh, and, and pretending just, to be her saying I do in he's her. He's like, I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so bad. And on so many levels, I can't believe that this. A, I'm confused about some of the things Vince writes about his own children. Or his wife. <laughs> or his wife. Well, because then he follows it up. At, so he shows the video of them getting married while Stephanie's uh, passed out. And he says, I know there's one question on your mind, dad. <laughs> it's not if we, but how many times did we consummate the marriage? She was unconscious. Let's just yeah. hear. Let's here we call go. it what it is. I was going to say, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play the audio for you so you can hear it at home. Wait, before you do that, I want, yeah. I want to, I want to give you my best impression of this so you can hear how good I am at impersonating Triple H in this moment. Uh-huh. I know there's only one question on your mind, dad. <laughs> okay. Now you can play the audio. <laughs> now, Vince, as a member of the immediate family, You can only have one question on your mind, Dad. Oh my God! I hate you. And that is. I hate you. Not did we, but how many times did we consummate the marriage? God, I can't believe that Triple H has married Stephanie McMahon. It's okay, Steph. For God's sake! My God, I can't believe this. It's just the mind reels. Mm-hmm. That was on primetime television. It's it's a it's a tone deaf segment that has yes. no understanding of, of what it's actually saying. Correct. Keisha has already mentioned. Keisha, go ahead and say it again. It's rape. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It, it's not obviously it's not showing rape, but it is implying that Stephanie McMahon was raped. Yeah. Um, Multiple times. It's just. I- but as a joke but oh here yes, comes, here comes, is there a but for this chris i don't think there is <laughs> oh it turns out there is she wasn't because it, she wasn't raped you know why it was all a crazy ruse between her and triple h to get one over on her dad they were actually happily married it's such a weird like i understand i, I think that turn if that turn was a part of the original, like, oops, we're, we're married or we got married plot or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it would have worked out fine. But adding in the whole stuff is passed out and then like how many times we cut like that's awful. Like, yeah, it's bad. If it's you bad. cut out all the disgusting parts, it's a, a brilliant heel turn for both characters. Mm-hmm. But like the way they did it, that's the problem with the attitude era is the way they went about some of these decent ideas is just mm-hmm. absolutely horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only wedding on this list that actually turned into a real couple. Yeah. After that, Triple H and Stephanie actually started dating and then got actual real life married. Uh, and that is not and I'm not talking about the Val renewal they did on uh, either Raw or Smackdown a few years later. Uh, they got real life married and have kids and they're happy and, you know, so I guess it turned out OK for them. But like that is that is a segment you will not see on on any sort of greatest hits package in 2020. No. 
Chris, let's that move is, on to another horribly offensive wedding. Oh, th- Matt, you wanted to talk about this, so let's. I did. Let's, I let's did ta- want let's to talk about Billy and Chuck, the ambiguously gay duo of WWE tag teams. Um, are they? Aren't they? A couple was kind of the question on people's minds during this time. This was, you know, Chuck Palumbo. I can't remember his last name. Chuck Palumbo. Palumbo. Thank you. And then uh, Billy Gunn, former the one Billy Gunn. Yeah. And the whole storyline, which like, I don't, depending, I had to rewatch a lot of this, but depending on how you look at it, isn't horrible. I mean, it's the whole idea is like, oh God, I, I'm going to back myself into a corner actually talking about this. So like the, the whole point of the Billy and Chuck, it was, all, it, was all, it was, sometimes it was called Billy and Chuck. Sometimes they're called Billy and Chucky which I found interesting because Chucky is a murderous doll. But the whole thing about Billy and Chuck and their manager at the time, Rico Constantino. Yes, uh, Rico Sideburns. Who was their personal stylist, apparently. Yes, he was. Uh, They were hinting at the fact that Billy and Chuck were a homosexual tag team. Um, And that was sort of the gimmick. And it ultimately led to them getting engaged and then a wedding between Billy and Chuck, which was, it was promoted as I think the first same sex marriage on television or the first same sex marriage on WWE TV. And this was at a time when over on raw general manager over there, Eric Bischoff was promoting HLA hot lesbian action when he would just have women making out for no apparent reason, because ratings, I guess it was dumb. Yeah, and they called it a commitment ceremony. They did, I don't think they used the word wedding. I think we're going to call it a yeah. wedding. We're going to call that a wedding. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just the yeah. way that they marketed this. Yeah. And, and just like the ambiguity of it all was just off-putting. But go ahead. Anyway, anyway the two have a their, their commitment ceremony on Raw. And there's it's an on old, SmackDown. Sorry, it's SmackDown. 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 And there's, a, there's an old gentleman... Uh, preacher joining these two lovebirds together and it's very quickly revealed that they don't want to go through with it because it's a <laughs> yeah, gimmick no. and if they they're were like not- rico we said we didn't want to take it this far and he's like just do it it's fine and then it's revealed that the the preacher marrying them is eric bischoff yeah, so this is <laughs> so this was, weird. This was a time when Raw and SmackDown were quote unquote feuding with each other, and it was just Stephanie McMahon and Eric Bischoff trying to one up each other. Yeah, because Stephanie was a GM of SmackDown, and like there was a tag team on Raw, uh, three minute warning at the time, and they essentially did Bischoff's bidding, where he'd walk out of the ring and be like, "You have three minutes to get out of here," and that meant here comes three minute warning. And they would tear people apart. So old man preacher on the at the wedding, he's mentioned something about three minutes and pulls off all of these just all these prosthetics. It takes so long to do it. It's so awkward. And then three minute warning comes out and beats everyone up. That's it. 
<laughs> that's it. That's that's the wedding. That's it. Oh, and the worst part of the story is that WWE had actually teamed up with Glad. They consulted them about the whole Billy and <sighs> Chuck storyline and told them, hey, we're going to do this story. We're going to have these characters come out as gay and they're going to get married. And then the reveal that this was all a publicity stunt. Glad was incredibly offended and released their own statement saying, you know, we don't appreciate being tricked because you basically lied to us. Yeah. And yeah, they did. It was, it was a, it was not a good set of circumstances. It's bad. And that was the end of Billy and Chuck as a team. I think Chuck Palumbo went on to become his gimmick became motorcycle mechanic. Yeah, so he he started riding a bike to the ring after Undertaker stopped riding a bike to the ring. Well, they had a motorcycle to use. I mean, yeah. Let's um, let's pick a couple more of these because uh, we have a lot on the list, but we can't cover them all. Let's go. Let's take it to a happier place. Oh, well, I mean, we should talk about the perfect one then the yes. original and yes. that's macho man and miss Elizabeth. Like that's, that's <laughs> it. I don't know if that's what you were. Yes. Keisha. Yes, so I am. What, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> oh, that, that, Daniel was, Ryan. <laughs> that, that was a magical, magical moment um, that I, I, I believe it still ended in shenanigans because if I'm remembering correctly at the reception, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, didn't he give them a gift? And it was a snake that bit Randy Savage's arm. Yes, no, the, and it was the Undertaker there, there too. Wasn't the bite on the arm, didn't that happen in the ring in a match between the two, not at the reception? I think it happened at the reception. No, because um, I literally just rewatched this. So they're opening their wedding presents and Elizabeth opens this box and it's a snake. And then all of a sudden Jake comes out and he grabs a snake and then she's like collapsed on the floor screaming and he's just like kind of waving it in her face. Yes. And then, yeah. So he doesn't actually bite uh, uh, the macho man, but he does. They get into this brawl and then the reception's kind of ruined. And Undertaker's just chilling in the background. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> as, hanging out. as the Undertaker does. But but I do remember like the vows very distinctly where it was like uh, Macho Man, do you say I do? And he goes, I do. You know, the Macho Man voice that I can't yeah. do. Um, and then he says the same thing to Melissa Elizabeth and she tries to do a Macho Man impression. And my oh, heart yeah. melted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and my heart just melts at that every single time. My favorite moment from that whole storyline is when he's like, Elizabeth, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> I have to take a drink. That hurt my throat. But it was so cute and so perfect because they it was a real wedding. And. It was just so happy. I'm getting all teary eyed. Yeah, they were. And, and and like Triple H and Stephanie, they were also really married. Yeah. That also wasn't the lead up to that when Macho Man turned face again. I think it was it was at a SummerSlam or a Mania where like he lifted Miss Elizabeth on his shoulders. Yeah. But it cuts to my favorite person in any crowd of all time. I call him crying glasses kid. And it's a kid in the audience. They cut to for maybe two seconds who has thick bottle glasses on and what looks like a raincoat and he's just like crying with his hands in the air it's like my favorite just like i love it so much i want to know what happened to that kid i want to know his life story i love him Mm -hmm. crying glasses kid if you know who crying glasses kid is let me know i hope he's still i hope he's still around Uh, he can't be much older than us maybe five years maybe all right okay keisha (laughs) okay keisha (laughs) Um, Uh, before so before we end this segment 
Um, I'm actually going to take us uh, back down real quick because yeah. I can't not talk about the uh, Kane and Lita wedding, which is as bad. I was not as bad, but it's pretty bad. And it, it definitely gives Stephanie McMahon test and triple H a run for their money, but for completely different reasons. Um, Kane or Lita married Kane because her boyfriend lost a match to Kane. She was also mysteriously impregnated with Kane's baby before any of this happened. Yeah, sure. Um, so it, it's a whole like it, it. Kane and Matt Hardy were feuding. Uh, Kane kept trying to hit on Lita. Lita wasn't happening, having it. And it all culminated at SummerSlam, I believe, 2004 in a till death do us part match uh, between Kane and Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy lost because he wasn't broken yet, I guess. Um, and that meant Lita was legally bound to marry Kane, someone she hated. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. While also pregnant with his child. I know what you're wondering. Oh, wow. Did Lita eventually give birth to Kane's baby? Uh, no. You see, because after they were married, uh, Lita miscarried the child after Snitsky, uh, noted uh, foot fetishist gimmick <laughs> Snitsky. <laughs> Uh, hit came with a chair. Kane fell on Lita and Lita miscarried the child. That was an actual. First of all, when they gave the story of Lita being pregnant with Kane's baby, they had to have known this was how somehow it was going to end. Mm-hmm. I guess this I is mean, it's, all it's terrible. terrible. I will. I will note that Lita's wedding vows are my favorite because it's literally you make me sick you're horrible i hope you burn in hell oh little does she know he already did that's his whole gimmick (laughs) i mean he got he got burned in a funeral home that's why he wore a mask to cover his horrible scars and by horrible scars by his by his horrible scars i mean all of that uh cold that they sprinkled on his face yeah (laughs) yeah and his hairline (laughs) and that one weird uh contact lens they put in his eye Uh, but no, why why this sticks out to me? First of all, Kane was in a white tuxedo for the for the wedding, it which is beautiful. <laughs> and yeah. Lita was in a black dress. Yeah, it yes. was it yep. was magnificent. And uh, after the miscarriage, uh, Snitsky's new gimmick became it. I'm not responsible for Lita miscarrying her child. That was his entire character. <laughs> he so would weird. He would he would scream into the microphone. It wasn't my fault. And the most notable moment of this was when he came to the ring with a baby coddled in his hands and he got into the ring with it and then he punted it into the audience and oh, revealing it right. was a doll. Oh, my goodness. OK, Snitsky. Like, All right. Why? <sighs> who, wrote, who wrote it? Like, I, I need to chase down these segments and figure out who wrote them and where mm-hmm. they are now. Because I know what you're wondering. How long did it take before Snitsky became WWE champion after that? Surprisingly, <laughs> it didn't happen. What? But he punted a fake baby. So maybe it was his fault. Who knows? This is art. Oh. Him and his cat. Weddings. If, 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 if the moral of the story, if ever you hear that they're going about to do a wedding on a wrestling television show, do not miss it. Yeah. Never. It is going to be worth talking about and it's going to end badly. That's it. It's we only had one perfect wedding. That's it. No more. (laughs) Also, I also distinct. I also (laughs) do. What's what did you say, Chris? Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) I also distinctly remember 
I can't. There's something going on. I can't finish my thought. Uh oh, you know what that means? It's Gangrel Watch time. Oh boy, guys, it's, guess what? It's it's time for Gangrel Watch, the mini segment where we let you know what's up with Gangrel, the vampire wrestler from the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gang, Gang Grell Watch is Matt's new idea for a mini segment, and it's uh, stupid. Um, it, no, it's incredible. Um, it's not only is it incredible, it is uh, it's, uh, one of his ideas that we can actually use on the show because it's not about an old timey prospector. Oh, uh, so Gang Grell was a vampire wrestler, and uh, he's still doing some wrestling here and there. But I'm just here to update you with what Gang Grell is up to. Recently on Twitter, he uh, he posted something that's very important. You all need to know. He says, morning, hashtag SoFlow, which is Southern Florida, wrapping up morning cardio, best way to start a hashtag fangin' and bangin' day. All of you, please have a tremendous day. Hashtag SoFlow, hashtag local, hashtag homegrown. And I have Gangrel watch. No, yeah. I, no, we're not Wait, done. Well, I have can so I, many Can I questions. note something about Gangrel? Yeah. Okay, so I used to roll with this professional um, federation and... So they are, it's, okay, <laughs> let me back it up. Um, Ronin Pro Wrestling is a wrestling promotion in South Florida, and they employ a lot of wrestlers, including Gangrel and Raven. So mm-hmm. if you need to, Matthew, we can connect you, and so you can have your <laughs> meeting with Gangrel. If we can have Gangrel on an episode of Gangrel Watch. Yes. That's the dream. <laughs> Where he just tells us what's going on today. I don't, I just want him to like, let me know what's going on today with Gangrel. It, it doesn't have to be wrestling related or vampire related. I just want to know what Gangrel's up to. However, it can be wrestling related or vampire related. Like I'm yeah. fine with that. Also, I want to talk to him about standing in a ring of fire and spitting blood on everyone. That's great. But, but what's he up to? I want to have a hashtag fanging and banging day. I hashtag fangin' and bangin' is my new life motto. <laughs> That's your gang like, watch. Because there's there's always like because the rock always has his we're clanging and banging, clanging and banging. That's how he's working out. And Gangrel is biting people and lifting weights, I guess. Apparently. I'm into it. That's your weekly gangrel watch. Thanks. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you you take this, Chris. I want you. Oh, Matt. Oh, Chris. I while this was your segment idea, I feel it is important mm-hmm. to let the listening audience know that I am a man of sophistication. Yes, I'm a man of class. Um, I regularly attend the theater. Mm. It's spelled with an R E. Yes, it is. Uh, and that is why it is important to me that we're introducing this new segment, Wrestle Piece Theatra. Welcome to WrestlePiece Theater, where we read promos in classy voices. Today, the part of Scott Steiner will be played by Keisha Hashett. The part of Petey Williams will be played by Chris Hayner. And the part of Lauren will be played by Matt Elfring. We take you now to a promo on TNA Impact before the pay-per-view sacrifice in 2008. 
Scott Steiner! It's going to be a three-way for the TNA heavyweight title at sacrifice between you, Kurt Angle, and Samoa Joe. Now, before you get there, you have an important step tonight as you and X-Division champion Petey Williams take on the unlikely duo of Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at Samoa Joe and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one -on -one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak and I'm not normal. So you got a 25 at best at winning. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Continue. This, this is so is good. Take it back to so you gotta. <laughs> so you got a 25% at best at beat me. Then you add Kurt Angle to the mix and your chances are <laughs> Power through. This so good. Your chances of winning go drastically down. See the three way at sacrifice. You got a 33. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So, so the three way at sacrifice. You got a 33. <laughs> but I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but I got a 66 and a two-third chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even gonna try. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning that sacrifice. But then you take... <laughs> Hold on. Oh my God, the smack coming out of my nose. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> but then you but then you take my 75% chance of winning if we was to go one on one and then at 63 and cents I got 141 a two third chance of winning at sacrifice see Joe the numbers don't lie they spell disaster for you at sacrifice see but I'm gonna break it down for all you ladies would you rather be with me or would you rather be with Joe? Well, I think Joe is kind of nice, one of those nice, girls you know? that like romance. I'ma talk to all my friends out there. Would you rather come home to me, the genetic freak, that's me kissing my muscles, to be satisfied every night, or go home with that fat-ass Samoa Joe? Uh, uh, my apologies. Um, see, tonight we're gonna win, and I'm gonna be the world champion at Sacrifice. Come on, Petey. Hey, Scotty, it's just like you always say, Big Papa pumps your hookup. Well, the Maple Leaf Muscle is who you need to look up. Holla if you hear that. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying, Keisha. That oh performance God, Keisha. was so good. I, I was laughing so hard, and then I had to look back at the video screen and be like, I'm not alone, right? I look back, and Matt's hands are covering his entire face as he's just Okay. That was so good. Oh man, I am so glad we brought that segment over. Oh, oh that yeah, that's wow. Oh, wow. Chef's kiss. Ben, thank thank you so much. Keisha, thank you for your performance of Big Papa Pump. You really, I think, nailed 
the character and, and really brought his essence to light. You nailed holler- hollering if you hear me. <laughs> I try. Oh my god, my throat um, hurts. <laughs> okay, Matt, you can lead us in the next segment, and I can read off the questions if we'd like. Oh, let's just uh, let's just head over to questions because I think we just nailed a plus WrestlePiece Theater. So let's let's take some questions. All right, so we've got a few questions from Twitter. I'm going to read them straight off, and we're going to get all of our answers. We're going to get answers from each of us. Keisha, that means you, too. So I, I hope you have your uh, opinion pants on. They're tight and ready to go. Are opinion pants a thing? Wait. Are opi- opinion pants are a thing? Opinion pants are a thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, so the first question comes from at Dell9000 on Twitter. Uh, he actually has two questions. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one, is TV Guide a book? Now, Keisha... You work for TV Guide, so I feel like you are qualified to answer this more than anyone else. Is TV Guide a book? No. Next question. I mean- <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Great. Next question. If WWE removed all physical wrestling from its programs and focused entirely on its soap opera storylines, what would Raw and SmackDown be named? He gives examples. Raw becomes the Raw and the Restless. SmackDown becomes the Smacks of Time. Do you have Ooh. any clever names for wrestling shows? I think he answered the question for us. Yeah. I actually have one. Uh, Raw would become General Rospital. Perfect. <laughs> and uh, SmackDown would become Dawson's Creek. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> I don't want to wait for my title shot to be over. These are This is really I'm good. I'm never coming I'm here again. Just... Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Next question comes from at Paul Brawl. And he actually is touching on something that we hit pretty hard on last week's episode. Who, what is your favorite wrestling stable of all time? This is the Keisha. We're going to go to you first because I have to think for four years. Okay. Before you say three counts. All right. Let me, let me start it off with this. <clears throat> enough is enough. And it's time for a change. Ooh. <laughs> Are you wrapped in caution tape? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am wrapped in yellow caution tape. Got my blonde wig on because I am Owen Hart in the Nation of Domination, the greatest stable that ever existed. Um, That's so good. I love them. And the weird thing is, like, um, looking back on how people treated this stable, like, as these, this, you know, anti-white people organization and just this weird mega heel, they were really just a bunch of guys who were angry and and wanted to, like, be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there were multiple white people in this stable, including Owen Hart, who at I don't want to call him the face, but he was a very key figure in this. And they cut some amazing promos. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, the, the nation, the nation on its own was fantastic. The nation yeah. with Owen Hart there, even better. Like mm-hmm. what a, what a stable, what a stable. Chris, I'm going to go to you now. Cause I'm still thinking, Oh man, this one's really hard. Like I, we talked about this a bit before we started recording the episode mm-hmm. and, and I believe Keisha, it was you who said, obviously you're just going to say probably Degeneration X because that's the go-to for everyone. But like, it's not for me. Like I like DX. I think DX was a strong stable, but like a best of all time, I got to lean more towards a four horsemen, a heart foundation, mm-hmm. a fabulous Freebirds. I think new day has to be in that conversation. New day. Yes. Um, I have a hard time thinking of a stable like, you know what? It might end up being New Day and I'll tell you why. 
some so a group like the Four Horsemen went on for so so long, and that but that was in a different era of wrestling where it was everything wasn't constantly changing. Uh, the New Day has been hanging on for a while now, and they're doing it in an era of wrestling where nothing hangs on for a long time. Everything yeah. is a quickly changing thing, and the New Day instead just continues to adapt to whatever the next big thing is. Mm-hmm. Like when New Day made the transition from what they were to being essentially meme patrol, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and now it helps them stay fresh and relevant by giving the up giving them the opportunity to sort of change up their act every few months while still staying true to what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. so like I I have a hard time thinking of someone that has at least for my money, someone I find more entertainment watching, more find more entertainment in watching than the New Day. Absolutely, and I just to hop in real quick. I think what makes them different though is also because they are a stable of Black Joy, and that's something we don't really get to mm-hmm. see in wrestling. And I think yeah. for us, and I think that was an important statement for them too. That's how they first came out as well. It's just this beacon of positive positivity the power of positivity um, absolutely yeah so i think they're just such a unique stable because they are so positive and they're just so carefree and we don't get to see that very often with especially in the wwe with black characters like that and and well and unlike a lot of stables they're all equals it's not about a leader and his underlings like in the nation of domination it was led by farouk until the rock became the rock and then it was led by the rock like and while the like it was filled with talented wrestlers, there was clearly a hierarchy in sort of where everyone stood in the group. The New Day, yes, it's easy to look at Kofi as the getting the championship while in the New Day as him being sort of the, the head of the group. But like they've they've treated each other and been presented as equals for so, so long that I would I would believe any of them in that world title role. Yes, I would also agree on New Day. Um but since we've already talked about New Day, I would also like to talk about Bullet Club, which is a super derivative stable that I think that did what NWO did in WCW, but I believe did it better. Um, a lot of that is because of rotating leadership um, when you have that, because really the core of Bullet Club is the Young Bucks, uh, the Good Brothers, uh, and then Kenny Omega eventually, but that was really that that core group and moving through different leaders as they went to WWE uh, kind of coming into New Japan, which is a wrestling promotion at the time that was about honor. Uh, it's about respecting the sport. And they came in as foreign invaders much again, much like uh, the outsiders did with NWO, um, but kind of turning that whole that whole uh, promotion on its heels and then also continuing to be as intriguing day one as they were four years down the road where I feel like NWO six months in, we'll say eight months in, I, again, I gotta look at the timestamps, but about eight months in, I was kind of over NWO because everyone was a member. Uh, Bullet Club kind of had a core eight person at most. And I just really, they're still doing stuff now. I'm not as into them with Jay White leading, but uh, I feel like that Bullet Club has also created some of the obviously has created the biggest stars in wrestling right now through that program. Uh, and you can't say the same about NWO because NWO just enhanced Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall while bullet club is enhancing everybody that joins. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's also cause I'm wearing an AEW shirt. So I might have to mention, uh, or an elite shirt. I should say, you so I probably out. should mention 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's just go to our last question, if we could. And it comes from at Spike Spiegel. Hey, uh, hi, Spike. Spike Spiegel asks, you've probably already answered this, but thoughts on Nia Jax heading back to developmental after reportedly possibly injuring Kyrie Sane. Um, I, I'm never, I'm, I'm always pro pretty much anyone going back to developmental, especially what does going back to developmental mean at the moment in 2020 when all of the shows are being made at the performance center? NXT isn't developmental anymore. It's a third brand. I'm just going to start saying that because that's what it feels like. It is a third brand now. It's not developmental. There's, there's, there's also definitely that. I think I like, I think uh, Nia Jax has a massive future in wrestling Mm -hmm. uh, because she's, she's an incredible talent, but she's also a very unique talent. Um, and I'm hopeful that like she, I don't like, again, I don't know what happened with Kyrie saying, I don't know what this particular situation is. I know Kyrie was injured in a match. She hit her head, uh, and got, I, I believe she got busted open. Maybe Yeah, she did, but, uh, I'm very, I'm, I'm still very hopeful. I still have a very pretty positive outlook for the future of Nia Jax and WWE. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, same. I think, you know, this decision to send her back to developmental, it can only benefit her. So, and I don't see any, why anyone would discredit her for that. That just means you're just building your skills. You're, you know, trying to be better. And that's the important thing is that she's not, sitting here resting on her laurels or what do you want to call it? She's trying to be a better wrestler and she is a talented wrestler. There are just some areas that need to be improved and she's working on that. So why Mm -hmm. discount that? Wow. That's a lot. Wait, hold on a second. Do you, do you guys hear that? Uh, No, I never, you say this every week and every week I can't hear anything. You'd never, I think it's the end of the show music playing. Yeah. Where? Is that toxic? Where? where? Is that Brittany? It's, it's it's Britney Spears toxic. Everybody hears something different, Keisha. You hear toxic by Britney Spears. Chris hears nothing because he never wants the show to end. That is definitely not why I don't hear anything. Hey, Keisha, if they want to find you on the internets, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Keisha Maze. Now, is that is that because you are a maze of a human being or is it both Keisha and a maze? Um, I am Keisha Amaze, and that was actually a nickname given to me by one of my former coworkers. Chris, on the internet's where can they find you? Uh, I am at Chris Hayner uh, all over the place, uh, and we are at Wrestle Buddies all over the place. Mm-hmm. And you are probably online. I don't know. I don't really follow you. No, I'm on Twitter as uh, at I'm Matt Elfring. I M M A T E L F R I N G. On Instagram is the same thing. Uh, please email us at wrestlebuddies at gamespot.com for questions. Also, rate us and review us on the Apple Podcast app. Yeah, please do that because that helps our uh, people being able to see us and whatnot. And, and, yeah, I demand to be seen. <laughs> Guys, were we supposed to spell out our names? I didn't. <laughs> I only do because I have one M, or we have one M, uh, one T in my name, like a real jerk. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been telling people about you for years. Yeah, real jerk. Real jerk, Matt with one T, Elfring. Hey, Keisha, thanks for coming on the show. We would love to have you back. Uh, I don't know, whenever you're available. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> yeah, Awesome. You're a re- Re- Keisha, you're a wrestle buddy. It's me, yeah. you, Matt, and Greg. Yes, let's get t-shirts that say this. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm trying really hard to make that happen. <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something we're working on. Awesome. And guys, we will be back with Wrestle Buddies next week when we 
answer the age-old question. Nope. How kissable are RoboCop's lips? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? That doesn't Ma. make sense. You're not going to kiss RoboCop.